topic, we're, Ron and I are, are, are looking to do a series on the vision of the church. Um, but we were like in a transition, so instead we're, I felt the Lord put in my heart, you know, to really make an appeal um, that God wants to do something. As, as these two churches have come together to be merged, um, and, and I've taken some extra time myself to pray, um, I felt challenged from the Lord to pray more. And so I've given myself up to a little bit more prayer to ask God to, you know, really make it clear what he wants us to do, what he wants us to, you know, how should we, you know, how should we, you know, I, I take the gift of Ron and Allentown Fellowship Church, I take that seriously. And then after I enjoy it, but then I have to go to God and say, okay, you, you, what do you want to do with it? What is it that you do? I'm excited. So, and the Lord put, you know, that for us as a community, one of the things I believe that God wants to do is, is build a, what I, what I call a prophetic community. And I'll, I'll, we're gonna, we picked it up last week. And so we'll do this series and then we'll pick up, we're going to do a series on, on the vision of the church. Hopefully you can be a part of that. All right. So last week, uh, let's turn to Ezekiel chapter one, um, verse one. Ezekiel, we're going to read that. We're going to pick up, we're going to come to Ezekiel. This is my vacation time. So, th so some of the thoughts that I will speak to you in the next few weeks are vacation thoughts, you know, uh, as I was uh, sitting on the beach for at least eight hours, I was able to meditate and, and think about and read and reread and read and reread and think about, you know, so a lot of these thoughts come out of that time of rest. In the 30th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the exiles by the Kabar Canal, the heavens were opened and I saw visions. Father, I pray that you would uh, bless, Lord, this, this time in your word. May you strengthen us, Lord. May you give insight and understanding. May you enable me to speak clearly. Lord, may you draw us to your heart. Lord, you have plans and purposes for each and every one of us, individually, but even more so corporately. And I pray that uh, we would begin to lay a hold of that vision, Lord, that you have for us. And so, Father, do this work in us. Enable me to speak. Strengthen my body as I feel a little weak and tired. I pray that you would strengthen me. I pray that you would uh, enable us to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church today, to our church today. So thank you for everything that you've done so far, Father. Amen. All right, so, you know, what, what do I mean by, the, by, by prophetic? What do I mean by that? You know, uh, first of all, I said last week, so this, this is just review from last week, so I do not mean the gift of prophecy. I'm not I don't mean that gift of prophecy. Gift of prophecy is a is a unique thing. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, and so that's not what you know. Second of all, second of all, um, pro prophetic has primarily to do, and I think I have a I have a so I wrote it down so you can see here. It has to do with a life that functions to reveal certain aspects. It has to do with prophetic has to do with your life. It's not just something that you speak, but it's God wants to bring your life into some kind of real meaning, real purpose. Um, it has to do with your life that's going to reveal, right, that certain aspects of the Lord's relationship with his people, right? Um, it's going to be revealed in the context of your personal life. And you'll, 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 you'll understand what I mean later. I'll, I'll give you some illustrations of this. But God calls us, and when he calls us, it's a very unique call. When God speaks you to bring forth, he's calling your whole life. Your whole life is one big sacrament to God, one big offering to God, everything. All of it, all of it, all of your life now has meaning. And, and I believe that many of us fail to recognize what that means because I feel that this prophetic, I, walking prophetically, walking with an understanding of everything that's happening in my life in, and interpreting that meaning in a certain way. Instead, what we do is that we have situations in our lives, we have disappointments, and, and we just personalize. And we don't see nothing more beyond that. And I want you to start, I'm asking God to start to break that. To see beyond just us, me. I got cancer last year. That's terrible. Me. No, the question is, what does my cancer lymphoma, right, diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, what does that do with res 
back to God's relationship with his people. My cancer has something to do with that. Does that make sense? It's not just Emmanuel has lymphoma. You see, we're so individualized. We individualize our disappointments. We individualize the things that I'm going through. I'm just going through this. We never see the big picture that there's a purpose in my cancer in relationship to God's people. The Lord made that very clear to me, by the way. I'm, I'm actually speaking this, and I was not even going to say this. Early on in my cancer, the Lord, I felt the Lord really impressed upon my heart. This is not about you. I'm like, what? It is about me, but <laughs> it's like, it's, <laughs> what part of it is not about me, Lord? <laughs> it's like, I got to get the treatment. <laughs> it's like, can somebody else do that for me, but, you know? <laughs> no, but the Lord made that very clear. He said, no, this is not about you. I'm like, okay, that's a different way of thinking. Wouldn't that be better? Wouldn't it be better when we go through the stuff, that it, we don't just in, internalize it and personalize it, and individualize, you know, woe is me, right? So it's prophetic has to do with a life, your life, that is going to reveal aspects, not everything, but certain aspects of the Lord's relationship with his people in the context of your personal life, personal circumstance. But the spiritual purpose, the spiritual person can interpret that. The unspiritual people, they just get banged around. <laughs> it's like they just go. But the spiritual person starts to discern, I know why I'm going through this. Right? There's a difference. And it takes a while. I, 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 it took me a while to begin to even begin to have the thought that maybe what I'm going through is more meaningful than just me. It took me a while. It took me over 20-something years. So I'm, I'm hoping that our church can mature spiritually and begin to really allow God in our lives in a, in a unique way so that we can have meaning. So, so God wants to um, really do something like that. Pro- prophetic has something to do with that, something that governs your life. Your per- the personal events and circumstances of our lives are uniquely orchestrated, ordained by God in such a way that those events and circumstances that you go through function as an illustration, function as an explanation to reveal certain aspects of the Lord's relationship with his people. It's beautiful. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Our life is connected to this glorious purpose of God. It's not just me having a bad day. My bad day is supposed to teach me something about the ultimate purposes of God with his people. Amen? Amen? Amen. You know, it's like, it, it, you know, it, it's something that, that, that we can, we can, all right, take a stop and say, okay, te- Lord, I, I remember saying, Lord, teach me. I want to understand this better. I've been complaining so all the rest of my life about, what was me? I can't, this only happens to me, Lord. <laughs> And I, and I didn't see it. And what are, thing, what, are, what are some things that the Lord will reveal through your circumstances? What will the, he, the Lord will reveal uh, his purposes for his people, specific purposes. He may reveal, hey, got, get this one, his controversies with his people. In your, in your personal life. So that you go through things so that God is trying to teach you something about his attitude towards his people in the moment. He may reveal... Circumstances in your life may actually reveal God's concern for his people. The Lord's love for his people. So a prophetic life will, will reflect this, right, um, these situations in our lives, and, and they have meaning. So that all that, thing, all that we go through in our lives are meant to be understood in the context of the Lord's relationship with his people. Isn't that Do you see how important the church is? Do you see how important community is? Right? If all my life is in relationship to the community, then how can I be outside of the community? Right? How can I, how can I make myself, well, I don't, need, I don't need to go to church. Are you kidding me? Don't you understand that all that you're going to go through in life, everything that you're going to go through is going to have meaning in the context of community. I'm going to get into the community because I realize 
that's where I'm going to explain the things that happened in my life. I'm, under, I'm, gonna, I'm starting to understand. Look, look, at, look at Romans 14, 7. Look at, this, is, this is just a principle that, that Paul understood. And, and this is, none of us lives what? To himself. Get that out of your mind. That's it. If you are in Christ, you no longer live to yourself. For none of us lives to himself. He's speaking to the body of Christ, to the church at Rome. He's saying, I want you to understand, dear saints, you no longer live to yourself. The world lives what? To themselves. That's just the way it is. Come on, you, you, you all remember that. I remember when I lived to myself. Very clear. Me, myself, and, and I. <laughs> and I, that was the priority. We gave it, we distributed the priority equally. First me, then myself, right? And then I. <laughs> and there was nothing more left. <laughs> Just like, right? It was not, it's not complicated. We live for ourselves. But what, what does Paul mean? For none of us lives to himself. See, the phrase to himself expresses my ultimate orientation. I am oriented to myself. I, this is the direction of my life. My life is to make myself good, better. It's all about me. So Paul says, look, it's over. In Christ, that's over. You no longer live to yourself. You're no longer this individualistic reality that everything terminates. Everything that happens to me terminates with respect to me. Right? I lost my job. I lost my job. Nothing to do with you. I lost my job. Right? And that's the way the world lives, but we must break that stronghold. Right? We're going to talk about that. God doesn't want us to live like that no more. In Christ, our individual lives, in Christ, my individual life, have, right, have been organically knit together into the community of God's people. Right? We are the body of Christ. That's a single organic unity. It's not multiple units, right, organic unities. One organic unity, the body of Christ, and we're just members of that. So we're one. So all of our reality, all that we go through is going to be in relationship to that unity. Amen? And I know that I'm pushing the boundaries of, you know, maybe of understanding, but think about these and, and, and meditate on these things. So that all, now all of our lives have their meaning and purpose in relationship to the body. Right? Look at 1 Corinthians 6.19. 1 Corinthians 6.19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Right? <laughs> I mean, I know that we live in, in the land of the free, and we celebrate Independence Day. <laughs> Just like, and we want to be independent. Right? But... When it comes to your, your relationship with the body of Christ, being in Christ, you've got to really break out of that mold where, where there is no true individual independence in Christ. There is no true independence. We are connected in Christ altogether. You are not your own. All right? So he, he make, let me give you two illustrations, uh, which I hopefully, hopefully will, will, be, will help set this in motion. We went, this in, we went over this. Some of what, what we said on Thursday and, 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 and Sunday is going to overlap. But I want to look at the ex an example in the life of Ezekiel. I feel like this is a really good example of how Ezekiel's personal life had meaning only in relationship to the people of God. So Ezekiel's a man, just like you and I, and he has, it, he has personal things that happen in his life. Ba in this case, bad things. And we're going to see how the bad things that happened in his life, which is very common, a very common thing, it's not, a, it's not a supernaturally bad thing, it's a very common thing. Something bad happened to Ezekiel, but the meaning of that event, the meaning of that bad situation is only found in relationship to the body, the people of God. So let's go to Ezekiel chapter 24. Ezekiel chapter 24. And this is, this is why I'm asking the Lord to bring us into this. I want the Lord, I believe the Lord is bringing us into a, 
But I believe that we need to become aware more that our lives have this corporate meaning, have this reality so that we can really give ourselves to the work of God. There's a reason why the church is suffering in America, why there's so much um, decline, right? Everybody lives for themselves, right? But look at, look at the life of Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, behold, I'm about to take the delight of your eyes. So God comes to Ezekiel and says, hey, I'm going to take the delight of your eyes. Uh, what do you think is that? PlayStation? What is that? Uh, the, the, the delight of his eyes. Yankees? Huh? <laughs> a woman. I love, the way, I, I love the way the Lord describes it. <laughs> it tells you something about Ezekiel and his relationship to his wife. Um, I'm going to take the delight of your eyes away from you at a stroke. This is God speaking to Ezekiel. I'm going to take her away. Is that a common thing in life? Is that a supernatural? Do, 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 do men lose their wives all the time? Yes. It's a common human event. How many of you know of someone who, whose wife died? Not, not many of you, huh? It's interesting. <laughs> uh, my dad. My, my, my dad lost his wife, my mom, you know. It's a common event. There's nothing... There's nothing supernatural about this event. This son of man, um, your wife is going to die. I'm, go I'm going to now. Now, here's the thing. You know, she's not just dying. This is, this is a prophetic life. A prophetic life recognizes what? She's not just dying. What is happening? I am. That's a prophetic life. Ezekiel, I'm going to take her away. Not cancer, not disease, not accident. That's a prophetic life. You see God's hand. You don't just react to circumstances. I can't believe cancer took my wife away. Right? The Lord says, I am going to take her away. Right? The Lord doesn't say, son of man, behold, um, the delight of your eyes will pass away. He doesn't say that. He makes it very clear. E Ezekiel, I am going to take her away. That's why I love the, that's why I love the Bible. Because I, 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 I tremble at God. It helps me to tremble. I don't know about you, right? God, uh, God can speak like that. He's God. I'm going to take at a stroke, bang, suddenly. Yet, oh, man, yet you are not going to mourn or weep, nor shall tears run down your eyes. Whoa! I'm like, that is, what? Now, if she was a nagging woman, <laughs> behold, son of man, I'm taking the nagging one away. <laughs> Thank you, Father. I love you. Praise the Lord God. Right, right. Come on. Let, let, let. There's some people. You know. <laughs> we don't have to look all holy. <laughs> Let's be honest. You know. you know, some women are like, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> have you ever met people like, you're like, how do you live with that woman? <laughs> no, but, but the Lord says, She's a delight to your eyes. That, that means that Ezekiel actually found real delight in her. Ezekiel found her beautiful. And not just beautiful. She brought delight to him. Amen? <laughs> Isn't it beautiful when husband and wife, they find delight in each other? You know, I delight in Laura. You know, she brings, brings me so much delight. Right? You delight in them. Not, not a, it's not a hostile relationship. There's delight, and you are not warned, and you're not going to weep. Right? I this happens all the time, by the way. I, be I believe this happens a lot. God is at work. God is not just acting in life every two years. <laughs> He's working. He's nothing. In fact, in Ezekiel, I love, uh, uh, sorry, in Lamentations, 
you know, Jeremiah's complaining, man, look, look at all this bad stuff that's happening. And, 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 and the Lord says, um, excuse me, has anyone ever done anything unless I've commanded them? And you know what he's referring to? He's referring to the Babylonians. He's complaining because of the Babylonians, and the Babylonians just ravaged Jerusalem, destroyed and killed and maimed, and, 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 the Lord, and he's complaining, right? And the Lord says, uh, Jeremiah, look, has anyone done anything in the world, anything? Has any hand or foot moved unless I command it? That's hot stuff, right? That the, that the tough situations in our lives, God has commanded it. Ooh. Is, is, he, is he awesome? And yet he's loving? And yet he's merciful? None of that violates who he is in any way whatsoever. Amen? I love that kind of God. I'm glad he's not Santa Claus. Amen? I'm glad he's a God of authority, a God who speaks, a God who commands. And nothing happens. Hey, why did you do that? No, nope. you can't do it unless I command it. the God that we serve. Amen? You shall, not, you shall not mourn or weep, nor shall your tears run down. 17, you're going to sigh, but not aloud. You're going to make no mourning. Um, but bind on your turban and put your shoes on your feet. Do not cover your lips, nor eat the bread of men. Verse 18, so I spoke to the people in the morning. And that evening, my wife died. That was quick. was quick. Bang. Remember we said at a stroke? Boom. Suddenly, bang. Dead. The delight of my eyes. Oh, what a now, you could, we could read that, but, you know, sometimes we just got to add, add ima imagination. Put yourself in Ezekiel's shoes. Like, okay, the Lord, okay. All right. Ezekiel is normal. He's a human. Do you think that he has no feeling for his wife? He, he, he does. So how, 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 how did that happen? When the wife said, oh, honey, I'm not feeling well. <clears throat> Can you feel the weight of that? Yes, honey. Sit down. Do you, or do you think he said, well, the Lord is going to die. So. so, you know, just hurry up. Right? We, we think that, no, he, he's human. He's like, his heart dropped. What do you mean you're not feeling well, honey? What do you have feelings? I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened. All I know is that he's human. He's just like you and I. He's not special. And when she started having a little bit of symptoms, I know his heart dropped. Even though the Lord had told him to. I know that. Right? Can we, can, we, can we feel our heart drop even though the, we know the Lord spoke to us that that's, this is going to happen? And yet when it begins to happen, we start to feel the heaviness. We feel like, God's goodness really is going to follow you. That's a good thing. Right? right? You, 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 you're engaging with God. You're not like, well, praise the Lord. The word, the word of the Lord has spoken. Here I am. <laughs> We're not like that. She died. Fell on the floor, maybe on the bed. Her pulse, and he's like overwhelmed. Man, look at Ezekiel, man. This, this is a prophetic life. This is what I want for us. And on the next morning, I did as I was commanded. What, what's, driving, what's driving Ezekiel? Why did, he, why did he take time to, Lord, I know you spoke your word. Give me 14 days. I'm gonna, I need some more for 14 days. I mean, the Jews, they know how to mourn, right? <laughs> we do our little three-hour thing, and we're like off to the game. <laughs> The Jews, I mean, they're like professionals. I mean, they're like, they're like bringing professional mourners. <laughs> no, he said, on the next morning, I did as I was commanded. Do you think his, you think his heart is broken? Broken. Prophetic life is going to cost you something, right? Remember we talked about the personal events in your life? that they have meaning with respect to the whole. Remember I said that? The personal events, the things that you go through, the disappointments and all that. 
God wants us to bring us where we understand that all that you go through, all your disappointments, if someone dies, the pet dies, Casper dies, all of it has meaning. God is speaking. I believe that. I don't think this is a unique act of God. I think that this is, I just think that our eyes often try. God does everything with a purpose. There's nothing that he does purposeless and, and meaningless. Everything that happens, he's, it's just he wants to open our eyes so that we may understand. But the problem is when we're so busy with everything else that we can't really, we don't have time to understand what God, so we rather mourn, we rather cry, you know, but, 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 but if we get into God, God is saying, sit down, let me explain to you what is happening, right? Isn't God a God of order? And he does that with his children. He wants us to understand that all things work together for good to them that love. He wants you to that everything in your life works together for good. Everything. There's nothing outside of everything. Amen? Everything in your life works. God works it for good. And we live our lives still a victim of circumstances. A believer should never be, ever feel victimized. Never. God forbid. No, I'm not a victim. I don't care. Oh, oh my life, they treated me this way. No, that's garbage. Not if you're in Christ. All things. God has causing all things to work together for good. What he did in the next morning is I was commanded. And the people said to me, and this is very, this is very telling of the people. This is a very smart community. We're, we're not there yet. We have, we're not, we're so far from this. This is so sad. Jesus Christ has come died, resurrected, poured out his spirit, and we're not even close to this, spiritually speaking. And the people said to me, will you not tell us what these things mean? Guess what? For who? For us. That's really wise. How did they know why didn't they just say, Ezekiel, I'm so sorry. I heard, I heard on Twitter that your wife died. Oh, I'm so sorry. Right? Have you, when was the last time somebody in your family died and you say, Uncle Bob, what does that mean for me? Right? We, don't, we don't talk like that. Right? <laughs> but these people somehow discern. There's more here than meets the eye. This woman died. I see the way Ezekiel is acting, a prophetic life. And the prophetic life of, of Ezekiel, he's, he's embodying, and we're going to talk about that, God's word. And it's triggering in them, hey, something's up. This is no ordinary event. And the people said to him, hey, will you not tell us? what these things mean for us. That's kind of cold, right? What do you think could, what could, what do you think that Pete, uh, Jacob could have said? You guys are so concerned about yourselves. How about a little concern on this way, but I just lost my wife. Can we put, a, put the rest, you know, what, what it matters to you, right? <laughs> Come on, let's be honest, right? Let, let's be real, right? If somebody comes to you and, 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 and you're, some, you're devastated and, and they come to you, oh, uh, uh, how about me? You'd be like, Hey, chill, bro. I'm the one that's hurting, not you. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm the one. It happened to me, but forget about you. Forget about you. I'm hurting. Right? Is that, isn't that, that's normal. I don't know about you. I mean, let's keep it real, right? It's like, they don't even tell them my condolences. They don't even, they don't even tell them, like, I can't believe I heard that somebody prophetic life will do that. A prophetic life, God, uh, that's why I, I'm asking God, man, God, make us like this as a community. Embodying God's word in the circumstance, they can communicate. Now, this is necessary because the people were so, we're going to talk about this. Well, maybe not today. <laughs> but, but what do you mean? For, what does that mean for us that you are acting like this? What happened to Ezekiel? His wife died. Is that a human, a normal human event? 
That's nothing, there's nothing special about a wife dying. It's a sad thing, but it's a common, sadly, tragically, a common thing. It's not a, it's not a like, happening, it's happening today. As I'm, as I'm speaking, probably somebody's wife is dying. It's a common thing. But guess what? Ezekiel takes that common event. Notice what he says. Start at verse 20. Then he said to me, the word of the Lord came to me. what the Lord was going to do to the wife. May the Lord look upon that, that our lives, that's why I love the prophets. Prophets, I have a solution. Because they took on something that I'm like, oh Lord, Something would happen to Menorah, and the Lord says, doing that would cause some of this. Right? I will profane my sanctuary, the pride of your power. Guess what? What? What he says next? The delight. Who, who, who is this, right? The delight of your eyes. Do you think he just said that as a coincidence? No. He's telling us, Ezekiel, I'm taking the delight of your eyes. And what's the delight of God's eyes? Well, we read it last, we read it last week. What is the delight of God's eyes? The house. I mean, I mean, I mean the, oh, 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 do you understand what the Lord is doing to Ezekiel? I, I love this. This is a spiritual man. Not just going from, you know, church to church, right? This is a man that is connected with the purposes of God, redemptive purpose of God for his people, and he's bringing Ezekiel in into that orbit. Ezekiel, come in. I'm going to help you to what? What is God doing with Ezekiel? Ezekiel loves his wife. When his wife died, how does Ezekiel feel? Horrible. Pain. How does God feel? <laughs> right? When God sees the profanity of, of the sanctuary, how does he feel? Horrible. Right? Speaking in human terms, right? Pain. Anguish. And I said, Ezekiel, I want you to feel my anguish. I want you to feel my anguish for my people. I have deep anguish for my people. And the only way you can really relate what I'm, I'm going to take the delight of your eyes. And you're going to experientially, emotionally, you're going to feel ripped. Now you understand how I feel. Is that, is that powerful? That's how God wants us. Have you ever felt God's heart for his people? Has your heart been torn to shreds for his love for his people? Behold, I will profane my sanctuary, the pride of your power, the delight of your eyes, and the yearning of your soul, your sons and your daughters, whom you left behind shall fall by the sword. This is all very painful stuff. The Lord is not delighting in this. But the people have, have so abandoned the Lord. The people have so forsaken him. And he promised Solomon that he would do this. He said, if you, I'm going to do this. And you shall do as I have done. This is very sad. This is, makes me weep. Remember, um, prophetically, Ezekiel is speaking. God is speaking through Ezekiel. But he, now he says, he's speaking to them. 
you're going to do as I have done. So it's kind of, you know, God, in, in, in this phrase, he, um, um, you hear God speaking, behold, I will profane my sanctuary. So that's God speaking. But God is still speaking. But then he uses, um, and you shall do as I have done. You know, so he, he's now, Ezekiel speaking prophetically to the people through himself. You're going to do as I have done. You wanted to understand what I'm going through? You're going to do exactly the way I'm going through. You shall not cover your lips. Nor eat the bread of men. Your turbans shall be on your head. And, 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 uh, we should, I wish we had time to unpack all that, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to. And your shoes on your feet. But let me just, just one thing. You will not mourn or weep. You know, the hardest thing about Ezekiel is that um, the Lord said, you want, you're not going to mourn or weep. So I believe that Ezekiel, when the, because the Lord spoke it, and when the Lord speaks, it's not a suggestion, it's a command to speak. So when Ezekiel's wife died, I believe that Ezekiel couldn't find tears. It was like dry. His heart was broken, but he couldn't mourn because the Lord said, you're not going to mourn, and you're not going to shed tears. And when the Lord says that, trust me, <laughs> you're not going to mourn, you're not going to shed tears. You can try your you be like you can think about the saddest thing. Let me think about my grandma, the cat. <laughs> Nothing's coming out. <laughs> Nothing's coming out. Right, right. So it's like when God says you're not gonna mourn and you're not gonna weep, forget about it. There's no tears coming. Now that's gonna be twice as hard, right? Have you ever been in a situation where you feel you should be mourning, but I'm not mourning? I've been there. I've been there. I'm like, Lord, what's going on? I don't feel, I, I'm not, I, I should be like wailing and weeping, and, right? And, and I'll try to think of the saddest thing, and I'll try to rub my eyes to see if I can make it look red. <laughs> Whatever, but, but, it, but it's like, but the, but the Lord, but Lord said, you're not going to even, you're not going to shed a tear for the, for the delight of your love, of your eyes. What, what, a, what a crazy thing. But the Lord was saying that, you know why I'm doing it like that? Because the people, when they see the ruin of the sanctuary, they're not going to mourn, and they're not going to weep anymore. Isn't that exactly where we are today? Oh, man, is that where exactly, that's exactly where we are as a church today. Nobody mourns, nobody weeps over the conditions in the house of God. Nobody. I'm like, I'm constantly weeping over just the absolute decline, the loss of the testimony I, I'm constantly, and, and I'm saying, Lord, nobody mourns anymore. But I think the Lord has done it for us. Oh, the Lord has done it. You shall not mourn or weep. When you see the profanity of the sanctuary, when you see me bring the sanctuary to ruins, people are not going to care. They're not going to really care about that. Oh, I don't want to be like that. Do you, do you understand why I want to be a prophetic community? Because I'm going to bring this out. A prophetic who cares deeply about God and his temple. So much apathy towards the things of God. So much apathy towards the people of God. Pe people are, are, are abandoning the faith. Our children are being lost, in, right? Uh, turning, uh, we know families that entire kids have abandoned the Lord. And we weep with these families. We've experienced that in our own homes. Right? What is going on, Lord? You shall not mourn or weep. And I want us to be a, a, a church that mourns and weeps over the house of God. But weeps with hope. Right? That weeps with, with a desire to God, do it again. Have mercy on our land. Right? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. This idea that, that God wants us to, to really take, take to heart the conditions in the house. To give ourselves to prayer. You shall not mourn away, but you shall rot away in, the, in your iniquities and groan to one another. Thus shall Ezekiel be to you a sign. According to all that he has done, you shall do. When this comes, then you will know that I am the Lord, says the Lord. So all, of that, all that Ezekiel is doing is effective. So as hard as he has it, he lost, he lost his wife, the delight of his eyes. God took her away. But that event has meaning only in relationship to the people of God. That whole event was for the purpose of showing something about God's controversy, God's attitude towards his people. And, and as hard as that was for Ezekiel, here's what a true 
prophetic person really cares is that, and is that Ezekiel becomes a sign. Even in his pain, even in his sorrow, even in his agony, God is still using him beautifully, powerfully. Ezekiel, I mean, that's what I love the prophets. I, I say, Lord, may my, may my life be like that. That you would use me whatever way you want. That you, you, could, you could do whatever you want with me for your glory. Because here's what it says. Then you will know that I am the Lord. That's beautiful. That the result of Ezekiel's wife dying was that the people would know that he is the Lord. How many, how many want to sign up for that? Right? <laughs> That's quite, quite, the, quite the trade, right? That the Lord, let there be hard circumstances in my life. But let them know that you are the Lord. Amen? Let, Lord, I, Lord, I give you my life. I give you my life, Jesus. Do whatever you want. Whatever you want from me, take it. As long as you're glorified. As long as my life will bring you honor and glory, right? You feel the pain, you feel the agony, but Jesus is with you, and he's bringing you through the cross, and then through that cross, God is being glorified. Amen? Can we have a people like that? I'm praying for the God to raise up a people like that. That would really so care. Not be indifferent, but pray. Say, God, do whatever you have to do. Make me broken bread and poured out wine for other people. For your glory's sake, for your name's sake, amen. It's not about me no more. It's not about me, Lord. I, I want to live my life. I want to pour myself out in whatever way you want so that your name will be glorified at my expense. Yes, at my expense, at your expense. How many want to sign up for the cross? But God gives grace. God gives grace, amen. You don't have to fear. Let me give you one, one last verse. Uh, this is all review that I felt in my heart just to, you know, we'll close with Colossians 1.24. This is Paul. This is New Testament now. This is the kind of community I want, a prophetic community. Do you see that your life is more than just you, your problems? I can so many people get trapped in sinful behaviors, and they cry and pray and pray and cry and pray, and they never change because I think they never grasp the fact that well, if I, Jesus said, if I set you free, then um, it's all about you. It's just about you feeling better. And the Lord says, nah, I'm going to keep you there sometimes until, until you finally get out of yourself so that you can ask freedom, not for yourself, but for the sake of the body. Isn't that beautiful? To say, Lord, um, set me free for the sake of your name. For the sake, right? And we said in the second uh, second. Chronicles, God placed his name in, in the house. So for the sake of his house, right, set me free. Not so that I could feel morally nice. A lot of people want to feel morally good. I, I'm good. I, I've overcame this. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, do you go to church? No, nope, don't really care. Right? And that's, what, and that's why those sometimes those says, nah, why, why do I need to set you free? You, have, you, you and I have nothing in common. But maybe if we change our prayer, we say, you know, Jesus not about me. It's about you. Break these habits that I, that I have for your people's sake. Not for my sake. For your people's sake. I think the Lord will be like, oh, what did you say? Say it again. For your people's sake. All right. Now we're talking. <laughs> All right. Stand over here. Yeah. And then the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, begins to work in your life and begins to change you because now your orientation is not me. I just want to overcome this. I want to stop this. Oh, can I just stop this? No, change your prayer. Say, Lord, I want to stop this. The only reason I want to stop this is for your people's sake, for your name's sake. And I think. Amen? Paul says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Right? For your sake. And in my flesh, I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. You know what we do? Oh, I've, I've heard this, you know, when I was, God is pure.
right? Amen? For the sake of the body, a prophetic community. We're going to talk on this more, but I want to encourage you. Can you live the, do you want to live that kind of life, or do you just want to check in, check out, go to church, and go home and do whatever, do whatever you want? Or do you want your whole life to be available for God to do whatever he wants so that he may give you a burden for his church? Let's, let's stand. Let's stand. That was just a review. <laughs> we'll pick up next week. You're busy? Okay. I want to just take a moment to just pray, you know, however, um, you know, like w- this was something that we said last week, but um, but I'll stress it again just because I think the Ezekiel example hopefully w- was helpful. Hopefully Ezekiel was helpful to, to show you Ezekiel's circumstances in his life, but they're interpreted in view of a whole body, of a whole people of God. What are you going through? What are you experiencing today that perhaps you truly are in Christ? I know this is true. The Lord wants you to stop just thinking about yourself and start thinking more about what you're going through in relationship to the body of Christ. Are there things in your life that you can discern? You know what? I've been looking at this problem from one perspective. I've never thought about it over here. Perhaps the Lord is teaching me something with respect to the body. What could that be? I don't know. I just want, I just want to encourage you. Sometimes you, we get caught up in a, a, a cycle of just bad thinking, and we get dragged. And the problem never goes away because it's like we're thinking the same way rather than maybe thinking it differently. What part of your suffering, whatever that means, you're – what part of that are you starting to understand is for your sake, like Paul says there, for the sake of the body? What part of your suffering you are actually filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions? Maybe your afflictions have to do with that for the sake of his body. So I want to take a time to pray and just ask God to really take this um, deep in our hearts and, and just begin to help us to understand, think about these things as we, as we go home. Father, we, we thank you for this wonderful time together. I'm asking you, Lord, that um, you would bring understanding to how the totality of our lives are just something that's at your disposal and that all the things that we experience whether good or bad they are in your hands and that somehow in all those things you are accomplishing your great purposes in relationship to your body to your kingdom to your church oh God if we can just grasp that I believe that we would have a greater desire to be, Lord, to pray for the church, to be, Lord, just a part of a community because we understand our lives as being so intimately and organically linked with the community of God's people. When I just pray today, Father, for anyone that is going through a hardship, something difficult, Maybe not as difficult as losing a wife as Ezekiel, but maybe some kind of loss, some kind of sense of loss. I pray that you would speak to them right now. Give them understanding. James says that if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Because he said, count it all joy when we enter into diverse temptations. But then he, he, he qualified it. But if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Because these things require wisdom. We don't normally get this, Lord. We, this is not natural in, many, in, in, many, in a very real way. And so I'm praying for wisdom, that, God, you would grant wisdom to your people, Lord, today, that they would understand 
to the work of God in their lives and that they would understand it in relationship to the community and that in that understanding, Lord, that they would begin to prioritize and begin to love the body of Christ and begin to, Lord, if you're doing everything with respect to the body of Christ for your glory, then you must love her. And yet we treat her like secondary, like she's not that important. And I'm praying, Father, that you would begin to elevate in us a desire, a greater desire to see your body walking victoriously, that we would mourn and weep for your people. When we see, oh God, all that's happening throughout the body of Christ here, especially in this country, Lord, the, 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 the false prophets and all the proliferation of money, and, and, and Lord, it should grieve us. It should grieve. We should not just be critical. We should weep over it, oh God. And I'm asking you to build that kind of people here at Hope that really cares deeply about the purposes of God in his house, that zeal for his house would consume us. And so, Lord, I'm asking you to do that work today. And, Lord, begin in our lives the things that I'm going through, the things that I experience. That I can think of several things that I'm going through that I see them clearly in relationship to the house. And I pray that others would understand that and, and, would, and then through that discipline really break the stronghold of self-centeredness. And so, Lord, in that we would have a corporate centeredness, Lord, for your people. And so, Lord, we thank you, Father. We, we give you all the thanks today. We take a moment to just thank you for your kindness to us, for being with us today. I pray, Lord, that as we go home, that our hearts, oh God, will be warmed in your presence, that we will be encouraged, that we will be strengthened. Thank you for this afternoon. Thank you for gathering us together. We pray for those who are not able to come, Jesus. I pray that your hand of blessing and strength will be upon them. And so, so thank you so much, Lord, for this afternoon. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the songs that we sang. May you bless your people as they go home. We pray all this in Jesus' name. And the church. Amen.